Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Thank you for joining with me. I'm so grateful that we have this time together. We're talking about today the origins of separation thinking. And let us get clear about the origins so we can go back to that place in our mind and choose again. Doesn't that sound good? All right. So let's begin with a blessing as we always do. Taking that breath of love and gratitude, lifting ourselves high up above the battlefield, we are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to remember and recognize the power of love within us. We are grateful to open ourselves to infinite intelligence live streaming in our awareness. Now and forever, we are grateful to surrender any idea that there's not enough or that we are unworthy. We're giving up all false notions right here, right now, laying them on the holy altar fire of divine love for healing by that higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful to step into the unprecedented field of love and to be made new. By the renewing of our mind, we are grateful to choose to be miracle-minded this day and every day. We share the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, hey, I don't want to forget, just if you missed the cutoff for Masterful Living, I've decided to open registration for one week. You've got a little less than one week as of today. So uh, this is an opportunity to truly transform your life this year. And uh, we find that Masterful Living works so well for people who think it won't work for them. So if you've had an interest but you weren't sure, you can always book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors. It's a free call to discuss it. But now's the time. Act now. Do not hesitate or wait. Come jump right in. We welcome you. All right. So let's look at the origins of separation. And uh, there's actually a section in Chapter 2. Right at the beginning, very beginning of chapter two. I love my chapter two. (laughs) And uh, the first section is entitled The Origins of Separation. So let's get really clear about this. It's a short section. Let's, Let's give it our full focus. So here's what Jesus is saying to us. To extend is a fundamental aspect of God which he gave to his son. So, setting aside the paternalistic language, which I always do, if you don't know, if you don't know, sometimes where it says he or the father, I will substitute that for for God um, or the Holy Spirit, 
I just to cut down on the unnecessary he's, uh, I think, of course, it's just my personal preference and opinion, but I do 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 that sometimes. And uh, I know when I first started looking at A Course in Miracles, for me, looking at this language where it talks about uh, here, uh, he gave to his son, I, I used to think, oh, well, where does that leave me? <laughs> I'm not a son. I'm a daughter. And um, and I don't believe God is a he. I don't like to anthropomorphize God. So where does this leave me? And I just made an executive decision. In my executive time, <laughs> I went and made an executive decision. And that decision was, I am not going to let these words bother me because I'm interested in the truth. I'm interested in liberation. So I cannot be bothered by some of these word choices. I will not let it bother me anymore. I'm done with that. And you know what? When I made that decision, poof, all of that disappeared. And I I realized that it was all that taking offense at the language was really reacting to an old paradigm and that it was my ego reacting to somebody else's ego and I don't need that anymore. So I was very glad to shift that in my own mind. So we're talking about extension here and this this is really helpful to understand. So remember that in the course, one of the key teachings Jesus gives us is to have, give all to all. To have, give all to all. What does that mean? If you'd like to have love, extend love, share love. If you'd like to have peace of mind, support others in having peace of mind. If you would like to feel free, then help liberate others from Lack and limitation thinking, attack thinking. If you'd like to feel loved, then extend love to others. So this is uh, core to what we are doing. And this is also how we remember who we really are. And that, that's important to understand in this section here. He goes on to say, in the creation, God extended himself to his creations and imbued them with the same loving will to create. And will is a capital W there. So he's referring to divine will. So in the creation, in the creation of our human experience... our eternal experience of being made manifest. So maybe not even the human experience, just our experience, our soul creation. God extended himself to his creations and imbued them with the same loving will to create. So we do. Don't we have a yearning to create? 
And I know for myself, if I couldn't create something wonderful, I used to settle for creating something ugly, like judgments and opinions and taking offense and creating upset and things like that. Though uh, A Course in Miracles is very clear, that's not creation, that's making Creation is when we are really thinking the thoughts of God and we're creating perfect expressions of love. So obviously when I'm upset, things like that, it's a poor substitute for creation. But I'm making something, which is a poor substitute for creation. He says, you have not only been fully created, you've also been created perfect but have also been created perfect. So this is why I say my expression is we're already as holy as holy can be. And I encourage people to work with the affirmation, I am perfect. I am as God created me. I am perfect. Can we accept this with our mind? Can we? He says there is no emptiness in you. Because of your likeness to your creator, you are creative. So we're made in the spiritual image and likeness of our creator. So we're perfect and we're creative. We're perfect love. He goes on. No child of God can lose this ability because it is inherent in what he is. But he can use it inappropriately by projecting. Aha. So now we're talking about the misuse of our creative ability. He says the inappropriate use of extension or projection occurs when you believe that some emptiness or lack exists in you and that you can fill it with your own ideas instead of truth. This is a really good definition of projection. The inappropriate use of extension. So instead of extending love and compassion and harmony and prosperity and all of those wonderful things to our brothers and sisters, we instead come to believe that there's some emptiness or lack in us, a fundamental lack It's that I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'm bad, something's wrong with me. So when we believe that, it is forms of lack. This is one of the things that I talk about a lot, is that lack is the basis of the ego thought system because it's all about separation. If we, in our mind, believe or we've come to feel or we've decided that we are separate from our creator, then everything is about lack because there is only one source and supply. So when we cut ourselves off from our creator, then we are in charge of generating supply. And this is where we get into trouble because we start thinking we have to provide for ourselves. That abundance and prosperity are not available to us because we're separate. You see how that works? So we start 
filling that sense of emptiness and lack with our own ideas, our own projections, and we become enamored of our own decisions, our own ideas, our own beliefs and thoughts, rather than the thoughts we think with God. So now we're experiencing more and more and more lack. Now we're making up reasons for the lack, and we're seeing it everywhere in everything. Right? That's what every problem is. If you boil it down, it's a sense of lack. It's a sense of being separate from the source. Now, Jesus says here, this process of projection, this process of really cementing separation in our mind by filling it, our mind with our own ideas of how we have to provide for ourselves. This process, that process, involves the following steps. Here we go. First, you believe that what God created can be changed by your own mind. So important to get this, that we are, we are believing that we are not as God created us that we have been able to tamper with perfection. (laughs) So that's it already. So for me, how do I apply this in my life and walking the talk and living the love? I apply it by if the thought doesn't make me happy, it must not be true. And I'm filling my awareness with my own ideas instead of valuing the truth. Not a good idea has never taken me anywhere that I'd like to go back and visit. (laughs) So, if I'm upset, I have lost sight of the truth. If I'm upset, I've lost sight of my perfection. If I'm upset, I'm believing the story I'm telling myself. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm always upset because I've made something up and projected it onto the world. Okay, so what's the second thing? Second is you believe that what is perfect can be rendered imperfect or lacking. That's it. So if we are projecting onto our brothers and sisters our own sense of imperfection, looking at them as less than perfect, less than whole, we are again getting crazy (laughs) so we need to put that aside and say oh I'm making myself crazy with these thoughts of lack attack limitation and separation let me go back to the beginning I was created perfect I'm created in the spiritual image and likeness of my creator which is perfection there can be no lack lack is a false concept okay third thing here You believe that you can distort the creations of God, including yourself. So, that's what we do, right? We we believe that because of our human experience that we ourselves are distorted. We ourselves are bad. We ourselves are not good enough. And others too. And that's our self-belief projected onto others when we think that they're evil, when we think that they're bad, 
we think that they're wrong. So, simple correction. I must not be thinking the truth. Let me go back to the truth that sets me free of all this debris in my mind. And fourth, you believe that you can create yourself and that the direction of your own creation is up to you. Ooh, yes. Don't we like that idea? You're not the boss of me, God. I'm the boss of me. And I believe I can create myself and that the direction of myself is up to me. So one of the things that I've noticed about myself, including this very day, is that I so often, so often surrender, surrender, surrender. I start thinking, oh, you know, I'd like to do this or that, and I surrender it. I think, no, I, I just would like to serve the light in the highest and best way and demonstrate peace, demonstrate love, demonstrate joy that is unconditional, demonstrate harmony and prosperity and abundance, demonstrate wholeness and wisdom and creativity and beauty in whatever ways can be the most helpful. That's what I'm interested in. Living a life of such great beauty and joy and creativity that is truly, truly helpful to not just myself, but my brothers and sisters and my whole spiritual family. That's what I'm interested in. Do I care if I go here or I go there? Not so much. More and more, not caring. Let me show up where you'd have me show up, Spirit. Highest and best. At the same time, I am making choices all day long. Of course I am. I'm making choices of what what books to read and what food to eat and what people to talk with and where to place my attention. And still, I'm interested in being divinely guided all the time so that I'm Asking where shall I go, I get the answer and I go there. I'm asking what shall I say, I'm told what to say and I say it. More and more I'm living in that space. That's where I'd like to fully dwell. Okay, so those are the four things, the four things that this process of projecting onto others involves. I'm just going to do a quick review here. First, you believe that what God created can be changed by your own mind. Second, you believe that what is perfect can be rendered imperfect or lacking. Third, you believe that you can distort the creations of God, including yourself. And fourth, you believe that you can create yourself and that the direction of your own creation is up to you. So we can truly get in the habit of surrendering these things as soon as we notice them showing up in our mind. We can. We can, we can, we can. So, And that is the path of happiness. That is the path of freedom from suffering and pain. Now, from these four things that are the origins of separation, 
uh, Jesus says, these related distortions represent a picture of what actually occurred in the separation. Or, he has another name here for separation, detour into fear. So these related distortions represent a picture of what actually occurred in the separation or the detour into fear. None of this existed before the separation, aha, uh-huh, and nor does it actually exist now. Everything God created is like God. Extension, as undertaken by God, is similar to the inner radiance that the children of the Father inherit from Him. Its real source is internal. This is as true of the Son as of the Father. In this sense, the creation includes both the creation of the Son of God and the Son's creations when His mind is healed. This requires God's endowment of the Son with free will, because all loving creation is freely given in one continuous line in which all aspects are of the same order. So there's no higher will than our will. Wow! Now, remember too that in the Course, Jesus tells us that our will is God's will. There is no separate will. So there is no higher will than our own. Now, here's where I'm going to invite you to truly live Horse of Miracles, to truly live the love, walk the talk and live the love. It's right here. Be willing to pay attention to your thoughts throughout the day where your mind goes to those projections of the inner guilt the inner self-hatred and dislike, and you're projecting it onto the world by saying they're bad, they're not good, they are not safe. And take 100% ownership of it. And as I'm sharing this with you, I can think of, oh, there's a place in my mind where I need to listen to myself here. Okay, there's a place, there's a place. I see a couple. So I'm sure you're seeing something too. This is how the mind gets healed. So now let's partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self and say, oh, these projections of my beliefs about myself, throwing them as attack thoughts at others, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to attack anyone, including myself. Let me throw these mistempered weapons to the ground. Let me hand them over to spirit. Say, I do not need these attack thoughts anymore. I do not need these lack thoughts anymore. All that I need has already been given to me. Let me recognize the inner radiance that I've inherited from my Creator and let me recognize that the inner radiance is in my brothers and sisters too. That all of us have this inner radiance and the source 
is within us. All has been given already. Seek first the kingdom which is within, and all else will be added unto us. So when we seek the kingdom in our own heart, the kingdom of love, and extend that, the kingdom of willingness, and extend that, then everything is given back to us. Everything. Everything, everything. Because we are the ones who are withholding the full access to the magnificence. We are the ones who can restore it. Simply by reaching up to that higher Holy Spirit self. Yes. Yes. Oh, isn't that magnificent? So let's truly be willing to give up those attack thoughts. And I know for myself, I've gone through periods where I had to give them up a hundred times a day. Seriously. Ten times an hour for ten hours? Yeah, for sure. That's how entrenched I was in certain negative thoughts. So we can do this. We can do this. We'll just do it one moment at a time. No judgment. That's our path. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Just a reminder as I'm going to the break here that Masterful Living registration is opening for just a few more days, really. And uh, I'm inviting you, check it out. This is our year. So much awakening is happening, and I'd love for you to be a part of it if you feel called. Oh, yes. And I'm telling you, we also are having such a good time at Sundays with Spirit, and we've got a wonderful time coming up this Sunday. It's been Valentine's Day with us at Sundays with Spirit. All the details are at jenniferhadley.com. Go to the events page and... I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Thank you for returning. And we are talking about the origins of separation. So important to talk about this because then we can get into that crack again in our mind and go, okay, undoing all of that. Thank you very much. Not interested in separation anymore. Not interested in the detour into fear. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. So we've got free will. We've got the same will that God has, it's operating in us because, as he said there in chapter 2, section 1, paragraph 2, all loving creation is freely given in one continuous line in which all aspects are of the same order. So, united, we're united. Now, jumping into paragraph 3 here, he says, the Garden of Eden or the pre-separation condition, was a state of mind in which nothing was needed. Nothing was needed. We had everything we need. 
because it's within us. Seek first the kingdom which is within, and all else will be added unto you. So when we look within, and we're willing to see, to find, to know, that within our awareness, within our heart, within our mind, is the fullness of God's creation and creative ability, then we can use that creative ability to manifest whatever is needed whenever we need it. We don't have to look outside ourselves. It's within us. Seek first the kingdom which is within. So this is our holy work to do. When Adam listened to the lies of the serpent, lies of the serpent is in quotes, all he heard was untruth. You do not have to continue to believe what is not true unless you choose to do so. Yeah, we, we don't have to believe things that aren't true unless we choose to do so. So this is one of the things about our human experiences. We make up all kinds of stuff. We project it onto others and we believe it because we made it up. We're the ones who invented it. We have pride of ownership, if you will, over these thoughts that we have made up and bestowed upon others. <laughs> these are not good gifts to share. Okay, going on here. All that can literally disappear in the twinkling of an eye because it is merely a misperception. Remember at the beginning of the course, nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. This is another way of saying it. All that, all that we made up, all those projections can literally disappear in the twinkling of an eye because it is merely a misperception. What is seen in dreams seems to be very real. Yet the Bible says that a deep sleep fell upon Adam and nowhere is there a reference to his waking up. The world has not yet experienced any comprehensive reawakening or rebirth. Such a rebirth is impossible as long as you continue to project or miscreate. It still remains within you, however, to extend as God extended his spirit to you. In reality, this is your only choice because your free will was given you for your joy in creating the perfect. So miscreating, we can stop it in an instant if we're willing. So let's put our full attention on that. Since miscreating, misperception, projection, all of this is the cause of our suffering. It brings so much suffering into our life. Why not give it all up? What do we need it for? We don't need it. We don't need no stinking projections. <laughs> However, many of us, if not all of us, I've come to believe that we are unworthy of love. We are unworthy of goodness. Because of all this misperception, because of all the projections, all the ways that we've miscreated, we've become convinced 
that we are not lovable, not worthy of love. And that's the thing for us to really, truly give up. So how do we return to love and lovability? How do we return to that? By instead of extending projections, we extend that which is real, which is love. So extending love to our brothers and sisters. So if we can literally think of someone that we dislike or that we've come to believe should be punished or is unworthy of love, if we can hold them in our mind as lovable and extend love to them. Sometimes it helps to see them as a young child before the world had its way with them, before their their karma went into full bloom, and to see ourselves in this same way as an innocent child. So sometimes it helps to think of an innocent child that we know, some child of our own or some uh, nephew or niece or grandchild that we think is just absolutely beautiful and perfect, to hold them in that perfection, to hold them in that, that beautiful space in our mind, and then to create a circle of love around that beautiful, innocent person that we're thinking of in our mind and extend that circle of love around them to include ourselves. We include ourselves. And then we can start to include people that we have been bothered by. People that we have thought did not deserve love. We can really shift this. It's quite profound. It truly is. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) This is our divine opportunity. Isn't it wonderful that we have an opportunity? That we can shift it. These kinds of ways to work with the mind are very powerful. Do not underestimate them. Just give it give yourself two minutes a day. Can you do that? Can you give yourself two minutes a day to extend love so that we can all get out of the deep sleep and wake up to our perfection? We're doing it together. Let's each one do our part. Paragraph four, all fear is ultimately reducible to the basic misperception that you have the ability to usurp the power of God. You'll see this theme all throughout A Course in Miracles, that the unconscious guilt comes from this misperception that we have the ability to usurp the power of God, and that's what we did, and we used it to hurt ourselves and others, hence the guilt. Now, this is really critical for us to get here. Of course, you neither can nor have been able to do this. You cannot usurp the power of God. It's not possible. Therefore, it has not happened. Here is the real basis for your escape from fear. None of it is real. You see, if we can just, for 
a minute a day, practice remembering that everything that's happened in the illusion is not real. It's like Las Vegas. What happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happened in the illusion was just an experiment. It's just an exploration on paper, like in a video game, like in the Matrix. It's not real. It's not on our permanent record. All fear is ultimately reducible to the same basic misperception that you have the ability to usurp the power of God. Of course, you neither can nor have been able to do this. Here is the real basis for your escape from fear. The escape is brought about by your acceptance of the atonement, which enables you to realize that your errors never really occurred. So our acceptance of the atonement, just again, what is atonement? Accepting the atonement means accepting that there is unity of life, that separation cannot occur, has not occurred, could never occur. That's what it means to accept the atonement, to accept that separation is an illusion. It cannot actually be real. Therefore, our errors in judgment, our unkindnesses, our the things that have happened to us, the attacks that we have made and that have been returned to us, none of it ever really occurred. We can't figure it out. We can't even understand it. It's not worth trying to understand. We either accept it or we reject it. So I'm willing to accept it. That's how I've worked with it, with the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to accept the atonement for myself. I'm willing to know the truth. I am willing to live in accordance with God's will and to apply my use of free will to align with God's will and stop all this misperception, all this misdirection, all this miscreating. I'm not interested in it anymore. I've explored it as much as it can be explored. No happiness comes from it. I'm done. Boom. Only after the deep sleep fell upon Adam could he experience nightmares. If a light is suddenly turned on while someone is dreaming a fearful dream, he may initially interpret the light itself as part of his dream and be afraid of it. Very important to understand this. Right? So if we're having a collective dream and a light is turned on in our mind, that's exposed, starting to expose that we're dreaming. Think of you're sleeping in a dark room. Somebody turns on the light in the room. It may begin to wake you up, right? Just like the sun coming into the room will begin to wake you up. We may be afraid of the light that is beginning to wake us up, the light of our own being and the light we see in others. However, 
When he awakens, the light is correctly perceived as the release from the dream, which is then no longer accorded reality. So once we wake up, we realize, oh, wow, thank goodness for that light. It helped me to wake up from that miserable nightmare. Oh my goodness, thank you for that. But that's not how we initially feel about the light. It feels like a disturbance. It feels like something threatening. It is threatening to the nightmare, to the, the aspect of our mind that is attached to living in the nightmare that we've become identified with. It is seen as threatening. Haven't we all done that? Somebody's given us some piece of truth that we didn't want to accept. It threatened our attachment to our false beliefs, and so we ran from it. Happens all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, sure it does. I've done that more times than I could ever even count. Good Lord. (laughs) But that's the thing, is at some point, if we are interested in waking up, when there's that impulse to run, ah, get out of here. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe there's something here for me. Maybe there's something I can get from this because my impulse to run is so strong. Maybe there's something here for me. So natural for us to understand these ebbs and flows of ego attachment. And if we can look at it as all an exploration in the dream and stop making it so real, stop giving it meaning that it does not have, ooh, that's so helpful. Really, it is. So, so helpful. So, however, when he awakens, the light is correctly perceived as the release from the dream which is then no longer accorded reality. Oh, that was a dream, right? This release does not depend on illusions. So nothing in the illusion contributes to our release. It's our willingness to see beyond the illusion, to know beyond the illusion, to remember the truth, to recognize the truth, to live a life of joy instead of hell. That's the thing. It's our own inner impulse towards happiness, towards joy. The release does not depend on illusions. The knowledge that illuminates not only sets you free, but also shows you clearly you are free. So that's why I say we're already free. We're already free. But in our mind, we keep saying, no, I'm not. I'm not free. I'm not free. I'm not free. Well, since our mind has been given the same power that the infinite mind of God has, our mind is the mind of God. We share the same mind. If we would like to misperceive and miscreate, we can. That's what Spirit has given us is the opportunity to do that exploration. It's a gift to explore and explore and explore as much as we like. 
But really, haven't we had all of that? Let us accept the atonement. Final paragraph here, paragraph five. Whatever lies you may believe are of no concern to the miracle, which can heal any of them with equal ease. In other words, your history doesn't matter. What you've believed in the past, what you've thought in the past, what you were convinced was true in the past, does not matter to your waking up. The miracle can heal any of them with equal ease. It makes no distinctions among misperceptions. Its sole concern is to distinguish between the truth on one hand and error on the other. Some miracles may seem to be of greater magnitude than others. But remember the first principle in this course. There is no order of difficulty in miracles. In reality, you are perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. Hear this now. So, whether you've been raped, whether your child has been murdered, whether your spouse has run off with your best friend, whether your business was bankrupted by an employee, or a loved one, no matter what your house has burned down, no matter that eight members of your family died from COVID. In reality, we are all perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. Everyone's ignorance, everyone's misdeeds, all of it, we are still in our natural state, perfect, as holy as holy can be, and none of our experiences in the dream have affected that. It's hard to comprehend, so we just have to accept it. Just be willing to accept it and not reject it. That's all that Jesus is asking of us here. Just don't reject it. Be willing to accept it, even if you don't understand it. I I accept that if I turn the key in my car, it will turn on. I don't understand how it works. Something to do with combustion. I know nothing more about it than that. But it still works. I accept it. I don't reject it because I don't understand how it works. Because it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how the refrigerator works. I don't. But it works. And I'm glad that it does. I don't understand how my computer works. But I don't need to understand it. I'm willing to accept that it does work. We can do the same with unity of all life. We can do the same with our real life versus our dream life. We can accept that these are the truths. And and so for me, I simply am satisfied with let me accept the truth. Let the truth prevail in my mind and love prevail in my heart. 
Let the truth be revealed in my mind and love prevail in my heart. This is my prayer. And let me see that in the world, that the truth prevails in the world and the love of God prevails in the world as well. Why would I want to see or know anything else unless I'm enamored of my miscreations, my judgments, my thoughts and opinions? He goes here to say, uh, so he says, in reality, you are perfectly unaffected by all expressions of lack of love. There is no order of difficulty in miracles. And these expressions of lack of love can be from yourself and others, from yourself to others, or from yourself, from others to you. So whichever way they're coming at you, all these expressions of lack of love, they're the same. And there's no order of difficulty in miracles. So let's call for the miracle in our mind. Let us be willing to be miracle-minded now and forever. He says, peace is an attribute in you. You cannot find it outside. Illness is some form of external searching. Health is inner peace. It enables you to remain unshaken by lack of love from without and capable through your acceptance of miracles of correcting the conditions proceeding from lack of love in others. So that's it. Instead of being bothered by the lack of love in others, let us correct it in our mind. Fantastic. What a divine opportunity we're given. Spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. It's like right now I am looking out at this huge, I don't know, several acres field around the house I live in between the house and the woods. And it is pure, pristine snow. Depending on drifts, it's anywhere from a foot to two or more feet of snow. And I was out walking in it yesterday, but it's there. You see no footprints, no animal prints, nothing, just pure, pure acre and acre of snow. So beautiful, so pristine. This is our true nature. It sparkles, it glimmers, and it's all within us. Peace is an attribute in you. You cannot find it outside. Peace, like all the spiritual qualities of God, are not conditional. Joy is not conditional. It is within us. We seek the kingdom first, which is within, and all else is added unto us. This is how we undo separation, understanding the origins of it. We can more clearly see how to undo. But even if we don't, it doesn't make any sense. And everything I've shared is just gobbledygook in your mind. It doesn't matter. Just, I'm willing to know the truth. I'm willing to liberate from the dream. I'm willing to accept the atonement for myself. I'm willing to find peace within, the only place where it can be found. Boom. That's it. That's all we need. It's there for us. 
And I am there for you at jenniferhadley.com. So many resources there for you. And that's where you can sign up for Masterful Living, for Sundays with Spirit, for inspirational text messages, daily blog, all the different things that we have going on. And believe me, Masterful Living is such a wonderful gift to give to yourself. People have such extraordinary results And I'd love to welcome you and spend this year with you. We're going to have a great year. Let's pray. So grateful for the love of God that shines in our hearts and minds now and forever. So grateful to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mwah.